Okay, well, hello everybody. What's up, friends? We're back. Yeah, we are. In a, uh, weird, in a weird way. We haven't weird recorded way. an episode in a while. Like two weeks or something like that. About. Yeah. But yeah, this is episode eight, I guess. Mm-hmm. It might not be, because I might something else might happen, and I might put that up first, but we'll figure that out when we get there, so... If this is an episode eight, disregard what I just said. The previous message. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nick. <laughs> what are we not talking about? What are we drinking? Yeah, we're drinking some beer. Well, I know that. Go figure. I think we're going to replace the pizza reviews with this. I don't know. We might go back and forth. We'll figure it out. Depending on how we're feeling, but... Depending on where you're at. We went to a... Depending on where you're <laughs> at, I don't know. We, uh, we went down to one of our favorite breweries here in good old Golden, Colorado. To Golden City Brewery, the second largest brewery in Golden. Yep. Future potential podcast sponsor sponsor you, you still say that uh but we got their uh their guava bomber so for those of you who are not Indeed. familiar with golden city brewery they one of their most famous beers especially in the the craft beer world is their cherry bomber which is a fruited cherry sour and this is a guava version of it mm-hmm. there is 1.4 pounds of guava in every four pack oh damn I should have read that no, first. That explains it's literally a lot. on the can. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> so it's very delicious, though. For anyone who bought this beer without reading this, I hope you like guava. Well, thankfully, I kind of do. So. Yep, I also do. American style fruit sour. Why? Because I'm Mexican. That's not why for me, but okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Mexican Despite popular people, opinion and appearance, I am not Mexican. Popular opinion and appearance. And appearance. What's your unpopular appearance? No, 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 no. The appearance was separate from the separate, separate uh, from, from the, the popular, popular descriptor. Yeah, popular opinion, and appearance. And also appearance. Yeah. Surprise. I know. He's uh, Nicaraguan. Ooh, said it right too. Of course I did. Me gusta. <laughs> but yeah, it's actually pretty good. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. Uh, if you don't like sour beers, that's okay. This is like. I'd say on the low spectrum of sour. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely I definitely have had, I've had some sour beers where they're so sour that my face contorted. Yes, yeah, it was amazing. I don't think it was amazing. It was I, painful. I love it, but but yeah, okay. it was pretty good. This yeah. is pretty good. So uh, we're we're drinking some nice beer. Well, what are we talking about today? Yeah, we're gonna be talking about orthodoxy. What is orthodoxy? I think orthodoxy. Funny thing, I, I've had that book, I've owned that book for a number of years now, and I've never actually read it. Oh, really? But he wrote it, fun fact, he wrote Orthodoxy 14 years before he converted to Catholicism. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Was he high church before? Yes. Okay. High church Anglican. Boom. Um, Orthodoxy for me basically is, huh, I don't know, some people would call me a rad trad or a traditionalist, but... And a lot of people wouldn't. And a lot of people wouldn't. <laughs> a lot of people who are actually rad trads would not call me that. No, orthodoxy for me, I think, is really trying to find a balance between reverence and tradition. Um, of finding it in a way where traditional themes in our church... Well, honestly, a lot of it is like learning about different things that the Catholic Church teaches, different things that the Catholic Church has had in its history, especially in the liturgy so learning about the traditional latin mass learning about um yeah just like different rites and 
and forms and prayers and um, yeah, kind of just like mm-hmm. how how things used to be before the Second Vatican Council. True. Which we are both pro Vatican II. Yeah. Putting that out there. We have, you can misinterpret that as much as you like. Yeah, misinterpret that as much as you want. But if you're going to, make sure that you email us first before you go around telling people that that I that, that I know that we're like modernists that we support or women deacons or, or something heretical. Yeah, or something actually false. heretical. Yeah, I don't know. I think also orthodoxy is um, like a disposition that you take in within the church and how you live it out and how you approach it. So like the orthodox person isn't the cafeteria Catholic. Yes. And I can't say is or isn't because I can't judge people's hearts, right? But, like, overall, like, this is what the disposition is. It's not someone who just... It's someone who tries to live out the faith properly. I think that's what we're trying to mean when we say orthodox. It was someone who's orthodox. Someone who explores their faith, who, yeah, tries to live their faith out the way it's supposed to be, um, with God in mind first and the teachings of the church and then... Mm-hmm. everything else behind that mm-hmm. so yeah we're making this video because we've had many conversations about how especially eric eric has encountered many people in his life not many but who yeah. you would call rad trads well being homeschooled radical traditionalists who do all these things and it used to be called just trads now it's rad trads yeah i don't know what happened i don't know what happened either uh, i don't know i know what happened they all started going to sspx page oof calling it out like it is um but yeah so I think this is like, yeah, I think overall this will be like a call to encourage people to enter into a deeper education of the faith and a deeper um, reverence in the Mass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, a deeper reverence in prayer, things of that nature, and not because like, oh, okay, so yeah, I guess we should just go into like, what does society think when we see... So what does society think when, we, when they see the Catholic Church, right? And I think, like, you know, you go on Netflix, don't do that. Go on Amazon Prime, kind of don't do that. Go on the TV, whatever that means. And, um, like, you watch, like, a TV show, right? And it's, like, like a historical action or something like that, right? Yeah. And it's, like, what's, what are you going to see? You're going to see the church depicted as a whole bunch of not just, like, evil people or, like, the bad guys of the story. Like, it's the angry nun and the angry monk or whatever. Yeah. But you're, on top of that, you're going to see that this uh, notion that they're suppressing the, like, the people or whatever with like this ignorant, ridiculous, silly-willy pray a Hail Mary and you become a monk otherwise you're going to die of the flu type of thing. Yeah. And just like this like ridiculous like superstition. They're pretty much saying that like, ah, yes, all you faithful, reverent people are just superstitious. Yeah. Which isn't true at all. And especially if you look at like literal... I mean, you can just start with like, first of all, the catechism. Secondly... The fact that the Bible is compiled the way it is, on top of that, the writings of so many saints and doctors of the church, like Thomas Aquinas, and then on top of that, a whole bunch of Catholic scientists like um, George Lamantier, however you pronounce it, yeah, who you know just is the guy who came up with the Big Bang. So total, like in the reality, of the, the fact of the matter is that Catholicism totally contrasts and contradicts. There's motorcycles in the background because we're outside, but it contrasts and contradicts this notion that. Um, that being reverent and being alive in your faith is something for silly willies and something of something of hollowing and, and superstition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that or I think like another big way that the Catholic faith is perpetuated in like television and shows is is like all of these 
old ancient rituals with with the incense and mm-hmm. you know the uh the priests wearing funny vestments that look old and antiquated and mm-hmm. um i guess like a church stuck in ways of the past that is not alive and, and no one knows what these things mean yeah or anything like, like no that. one knows these no one knows the liturgy no one knows like what the meaning of anything is in it and that is just like these old things that we do and we just kind of do them because that's what you do for sheeple or something that's kind of like yeah. what we're portrayed as i think ultimately and i think you bring it up in a way that's actually kind of true there's a lot of like there's a lot of times, like, I remember growing up as a kid, you're like, what does this mean, or what is that? And, like, this, I don't see a purpose to this, or you just, like, don't know why this is happening. Like, like you said with the incense, or, like, the vestments and stuff like that. But down to the wire, there's a reason for everything that happens in the Mass. Oh, yeah. And, like, like to the, like, minute symbol, there's a reason that it exists in, in the way it is ordered. And it does take... <laughs> um, learning about it i guess you could say which isn't bad you know like that's what we're supposed to do anyway with our lives so it does take some energy to like actually investigate for yourself like what does this mean what does that mean and there's nothing wrong with that like you're you should do that and um in doing that then you begin to see more and more of the meaning and i think this is the opening to like true orthodoxy yep and because when you get more of the meaning of like why are we standing up during the gospel why are we kneeling when the guy is lifting the host up then you and you look into the meaning of that then you see the not just like the sincerity of the situation but also then you get invited into the joy and love that god wants you to be in when you understand what's going on yeah so i agree i think though like another reason i wanted to talk about this topic is really because i feel like the past few months well you know like i found i found myself for the past few years like starting to become yeah as i've I've started to learn more about especially the mass Mm -hmm. like what happens in the mass and everything that's done in it starting to notice how like in some parishes i've been at mass to like things have been done incorrectly or improperly Mm -hmm. or irreverently irreverently but not intentionally mostly irreverently and usually not intentionally but but still i think like one thing we notice in our church today is is a lack of reverence and we've we've talked about this in in past episodes yeah um but it's it's a big thing right now and i think people too many people are just content with like going to mass and not understanding what's going on or worse not going to having mass personal personal opinions of how they think things should be in the liturgy that are contrary to how the liturgy is supposed to be run and then like trying to implement those things on the opposite side of the spectrum, um, I'd say especially in the past few months, you know, I've, like, as I followed more and more Instagram accounts of uh, people who, you know, they go to Latin Mass. Yeah. They go, we, we would call them, you know, more traditional. Uh, what I've seen, what started bothering me a lot is how many of these people, like, mm. not, they, they try and portray one is better than the other of like going to Latin mass is the only right way and like you shouldn't go to a novus ordo, ordo mass a lot of them honestly going as far as to say is that the novus ordo mass is invalid and that mm-hmm. vatican II is a sham and and all these different things um yeah and which is way too extreme 
mm-hmm. but but then it even comes down into like the way they answer things it, it's it's become a type of legalism mm-hmm. where like they're too focused mm-hmm. on the rules they're too focused on following like the procedure of the liturgy and all these other things and they don't actually I mean, it seems as if they don't even care about the heart of, of all of it. Yeah, exactly. Because they're so in the the spirit of all it, all of it. Because they're so in this in this mode of oh, there's so many problems that are in our church, and it's because that it's because people don't go to Latin mass, and it's because people have want all these things, it's because people don't receive the Eucharist on the tongue, kneeling, and all these things, and they don't. Well, okay, kneeling's actually pretty important. Well, I mean, I <laughs> kneel and receive on the tongue, but yeah, you need you know you need to show an act of reverence, but. It's just like there's all these things that they they criticize all these things that came out of the Second Vatican Council that in itself are fine, but oh they're throwing out that or the they're throwing they're throwing out the entirety of the Second Vatican Council because they believe that what happened in the council is is directly is the direct cause of the of errors the, uh, of the church errors, today, yeah, yeah, which is not true. So, yeah, I'd say it's definitely, I think this radical traditionalism, like you said, and we were talking about this just before, isn't actually even traditionalism. It's just legalism. Yeah. And, um, because it's too, it's too bent. I mean, okay, it's a reaction to seeing irreverence. And I've seen extreme irreverence in the past. I've seen plenty. And it's like, holy crap, this is just wrong. Because when you realize what's going on, you, it's sad to see and it just sucks because people are missing out on like the joy that they're seeking and then it's a it's an affront to god because it's disrespectful to him mm-hmm. and um a lot of people see the church as like this like uh not a not a family but more so of like a just this like tool for political purposes stuff like that yeah um so yeah just a lot of so like there's a reaction to this to this bad stuff that's happening this like flakiness this uh why did you build this cathedral to look like crap <laughs> to be completely honest you know mm-hmm. um and it's it's good to be repelled by that and because you know it's bad and, and you know people deserve we deserve more god deserves more um but the ec- extreme uh, people not not everyone is a traditionalist i think we all know someone who goes to the F- F- we all yeah i mean i've been to an fssp mass the traditional mass and i think it's fine and we all oh, have yeah, friends we know, who go frequently. Yeah. And so, like, no hate on them at all. But there are some They're people there. They're not the there. problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> but there are some people, though, that, like, I don't even say people. It's just, like, groups. Or, like, I, this is an idea, ideology that um, reacts to the bad that they've seen, which is good. But then they go the totally opposite way. And instead of changing the heart of the issue, because you can't change the... Re- you can't uh, put in reverence unless there's a change of heart because otherwise you're just doing ritual yeah and and that's what's literally what's just happened actually i think yeah like the sacrifice and oblation i will i desire not like when you think of that like that's where they're, they're too they're too focused on the ritual of it mm-hmm. and not not so much focused on like the heart of what's going on exactly mm-hmm. and the ritual this is the thing the ritual exists to move the heart yep the ritual doesn't exist for the ritual's sake yeah and I think that's what that's where a lot of people are going wrong because you know they want it to be done right, which is good, but why is why is facing east so uh, a, a form of reverence? Why is kneeling and receiving on the tongue a form of reverence? You know, and it's yeah. um, it's not because five hundred years ago that's what it was. It's because it's um, a physical 
manifestation of what the heart's supposed to be doing yeah so yeah and if that's not present then it just looks it, it becomes sour like the beer, exactly but in a bad way but in a really really bad way <laughs> yeah i think and that's why i feel like so many people when they have conversations with people who go latin mass and all these things like one reason they're turned off so much is because like yeah they don't understand this like if you like like for me personally mm -hmm. i would love it yeah personal story time let's go oh my goodness i would love it if we all went to latin mass like mm -hmm. if latin mass became the norm again and we had communion rails and all these things because there's like a high unity altar. in it and if every church had a high altar like there's a unity in that as a church and honestly, it would, honestly, I think it would also solve a lot of the problems that's occurring in the church right now mm -hmm. with this unity. If we had the same mass, there wouldn't be as much division in our parishes. You know, you wouldn't divide yourselves. Because that's another thing. Like with all the events that have been going on in the country, I've heard people talking about, like, I guess talking oh, about how there's like differentiation between, oh, like, oh, like that's the Polish parish and that's the Korean parish mm -hmm. and whatnot. But it's like, if we all had Latin mass, it didn't matter where you go to mass, mm. you know, you're mm -hmm. going to Latin mass. But anyways, I guess like for me, yeah, I desire the same things that a lot of people do as far as like tradition goes. But what I don't like of the way, that, yeah, is exactly because of the way they go about it. Mm -hmm. They're not going about, you know, when they have those conversations with people, it's like, it's like, oh no, this is bad you're doing this incorrect this is the correct way to do it mm -hmm. this is the only way to do it which again false because of the second vatican council everything that happened in there is is legit mm -hmm. um whatever your opinions are on it so your opinions don't matter unless you're the <laughs> church council and pope francis himself or whoever the pope is yeah because then so yeah uh, i don't see your keys sorry but then like <laughs> you know again it's like the way to go about it is by like introduce or is by inviting people mm -hmm. into having an like, open heart yeah so. having an open heart and inviting them into opening their heart to like how it could pull them in more um yeah and it's just like something that yeah, that leaves a sour taste in my mouth is like when i'm scrolling through instagram and i'm like seeing all these you know q a's like from these you know traditional catholic pages and whatnot <laughs> yeah and, and you know people are asking things about Oh, how do you feel about the Second Vatican Council? And they're like, I hate it. Or like, how do you feel about the Novus Ordo form in the Mass? It's like, oh, it's bad, mm -hmm. and things like that. And there's some. Uh, I'm like so encouraged because there are people out there who like want to return to tradition, but yet at the same time, they're like, yeah, you know, actually, I was raised going up to like the Novus Ordo form in the Mass my whole life, and I love it. You personally? No, like other people. Other people also okay. me personally. Yeah, but yeah. Like, um, because because again, it's like it comes back to that heart of receiving Jesus and like searching for him and and yeah like just like this legalism that's being developed honestly is a lot like the uh the pharisees mm -hmm. so <laughs> you know they would they would go around and judge people by the law and like mm -hmm. but they didn't have the spirit of the law in them mm -hmm. and it's like you need both yeah um, no this is a good one there's two things we're talking about the Pharisees. The first one is um, the cup's clean on the outside, but on the inside. Yeah. And that's just it, is that, like, you can have all this ritual and all this tradition, which is good and oriented properly, but what God wants is the heart. And if you're not giving that, and if you're just focusing t way too much on, like, the little things, like, oh, i got to face the right direction, oh, it's got to be the oh, X, Y, and Z, because let me tell you, 
we can never pray per- perfectly without God's help. Exactly. And and so like you have to have the heart oriented correctly as well. That's the first thing. And then you said something else, and it reminded me of something else that I think Jesus said to the Pharisees about. Um, it's from Matthew twenty three. I had we paused this and I looked it up, and so it says Jesus denounces the scribes and the Pharisees. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes eat, and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you, whatever they teach you, and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and etc. etc. And I think this um, bit of the Bible, this passage, is a message to people who are in that um, quote-unquote radical traditionalism, because they'll criticize you know, the Pope Francis, and sometimes validly, and will criticize liturgical abuse, and validly so, I'd say. Um, but that doesn't mean we break away from the church, you know. It's like, yeah. literally, that's what God said right here. Do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do do not do as they do. And so, sure, they might be corrupt people, if you believe that. That's, that's, that's your thing, not mine. But, um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we're supposed to, like, break away. That's literally what he says. And so, and we're supposed to remain faithful to the church because guess who guess who founded the church? Jesus Christ. We're not gonna I'm not gonna pull a Martin Luther here just because someone's saying mass in English and doing something wrong and it's kind of a flake, you know. So yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I think I think one thing is people have uh well one thing that's afflicted the church is a loss of a sense of authority. Ooh, boom. On both sides. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, sure, there are some things that occur, and it's, like, it's pretty bad, mm-hmm, you know, for you, sure. you should definitely say something, but then it's, like, other smaller things where people just are, like, oh, this is uh, too modernist, whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't listen to what they're saying, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, no, you have to trust that, like, God is going to guide the church. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that frustrates me with... Um, yeah, with kind of just like the the traditionalist wing, you know, this movement of of traditionalism, a lot of it for the sake of traditionalism is just that they they I don't know. More often than not, to me, it just seems that like they don't really know. It's like they don't really know how to deal with things. <laughs> wow! Because they laying down the thunder as we because it's hear. like. It's like, oh, how do you solve your problems? Oh, well, if you just fast and pray and do, like, yeah. acts of mortification. It's like, a little bit They try too... and take on more than they can actually do. And they think that by doing these things that it's just going to solve their problems for them. And there are graces that come of, come of some of these things. But at the same time, it's like... I think it goes back to the if heart. If I'm struggling with something, uh-huh. I can't just go and, like, throw myself in a, in a thorn bush and expect to solve my problems. <laughs> That might work for some people because they were canonized saints like St. Francis and St. Bonaventure. But I'm not St. Francis and I'm not St. Bonaventure. And while I may be striving for that, <laughs> well, here's just the thing. You though. have to, like, yeah, recognize where your heart is. And Why was St. Francis a saint? Cause he's not because he threw God. himself. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's because, not because he threw himself into a bush. And I yeah, think that... It's because it's because he offered, he offered it up for God's greater glory and for the sanctification of others mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and deny denial of himself when he did so mm-hmm. not just to do it mm-hmm. because he was like oh yeah if i throw myself in the thorn bush i'm going to become holier mm-hmm. no i think no you're reaching a good, i think you're, you're talking you're striking a good uh point because i think and it's good that a lot of um 
people on the quote-unquote traditional camp, I even hate saying that, of the church, um, you know, we'll say stuff like that. Oh, like, we need prayer and fasting, right? Yes, which we is, do. Oh, which is, oh, we, yeah. frick, we, we do, right? Do. right? Heck yes, we do. But like, but, like, as you said, like, oh, you're struggling with this? Oh, just pray a rosary, and that's all. And I think, because and, I think what they're doing a lot of times is, or, like, you know, with the St. Francis example, like, oh, you're struggling with lust? Just go throw yourself into a rose bush. Um, that's a meme, by the way. Um, I think that they have good intentions by going to, to these levels of penance because we hardly see that and we, from experience, know that intentional penance is necessary. And, and on top of that, I think they're also returning to the... Um, culture the catholic culture of imitation of the saints Mm -hmm. which is good as well but and let's just focus on that then so like the imitation of the saints is the imitation of the saints strictly just self-mortification all the time or like doing what they did yeah exactly just gonna go to war because saint joan of arc went to war (laughs) you know what i'm saying like exactly like so am i gonna wear a sath like what made saint francis of assisi a saint and it's not that he wore a sath cloth a sack sackcloth and whipped himself at night or whatever yeah. you know that's not what made him a saint imitation of the saints means to love god as they loved him and yep. to always desire to draw closer to his most sacred heart mm-hmm. and and sure we do need penance and sure penance can play a role in that but penance will not really do much of anything if we don't have that heart exactly first of all yeah so like holiness is not found in by doing actions like you can't do things to become more holy holiness is only found in christ no exactly christ is the the one who makes us holy yes so the only way to actually become holy is to search for christ and follow christ and then he will sanctify the things that we do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's like you can't know your sins unless you go closer to christ and let him reveal them to you yeah and then make penance thusly but it's always to draw closer to God. If you're just if you're if you're if you're saying rosaries to make yourself a saint, that's a, that's not really imitations of the saints. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. If, and also for that matter, imitation of the Although, saints is good. Pray your rosary. Yeah, I'm not saying don't pray your rosary. No, I'm not saying the. <laughs> like, don't expect, because like, especially with the rosary, you know, like Mary has grace that she gives to us through the rosary, but. She's not going to give you the same graces she gives every other saint. Like, holiness is going to be different in everyone. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. That's just it, too. And I was kind of getting on that. Like, with the imitation of the saints, like, that's a good thing to do, and that's why they're there. But at the same time, we're called to be the saint that God made us. We're not, I'm not called to be St. Francis. I'm not called to be St. Uh, the guy from California. Yeah. I'm not called to be St. John of Arc. Yeah, Nipper yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah. Actually, yeah, I just see your point now. And, and I guess with that example of the rosary, I'm thinking back of, like to a story that Louis de Montfort tells in his book, Secret of the Rosary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like, sure, you can pray the rosary every day, but it's not doesn't necessarily uh, mean you're going to get the graces that you're looking for, because, again, it has to do with the heart. Mm-hmm. And so he tells this story of how there's three sisters, like all young girls, and, um, you know, they prayed their rosary together every day, and Mary appeared to each of them individually um, with garments that like whose beauty reflected how each sister prayed mm, wow. their rosary and so like for the oldest sister mary appeared in like brown sackcloth and then like for the middle sister 
Mary appeared in like a like you know decent clothing yeah um, better than the, the previous sister yeah uh, but still not like anything magnificent and she appeared to the youngest sister like just clothed in like in majesty in like queen's clothing yeah and she told the sisters that exactly like that she appeared exactly how they prayed their rosaries she's like this is a reflection of how you pray your rosary and she told all of them she said you know your youngest i appear to your youngest sister like this because she prays the most reverent rosaries to me mm-hmm. and and so then she i think what happened is she gave the sisters each a year to learn to pray their rosary better uh-huh. and then she would reappear to them um but yeah like like the the moral of, of that story or i guess like the lesson to be taken out of that story that saint louis was really trying to drive home was that like you can do these things but again like if you don't have the heart of reverence like you're mm-hmm. not going to get anything from it and you're not going to give anything either and you're not going to give anything mm-hmm. exactly because god wants your heart yeah so boom how intimate is that exactly and so that's like that's what orthodoxy is in our mm-hmm. eyes that's why like i guess i definitely have become i'm trying to become more intentional i guess of using that phrase Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I'm getting more traditional. Yeah. No, I'm just, it's not that. I'm just, like, I'm really learning more and more how to love God better mm-hmm. and seeing that there are ways in which I can give him greater reverence. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. And so, like, the ways I manifest those things may seem as more traditional, but it's it really shouldn't be, like, they shouldn't even be called that, that they're traditional. They should just be... Honestly, they should be the norm. Like you said. They need to become the norm because mm-hmm. we've lost as a church that spirit of reverence. And, you know, a lot of us see that in our parishes. We see that in our church mm-hmm. all around the world. Mm-hmm. And, yes, the themes of tradition, like, they have a great beauty, like we said before. They have this great beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely can bring you out of yourself to grow closer to God. But the only way we're going to be effective at spreading that is by helping people again to like grow into that spirit of reverence Mm -hmm. to help them to understand who God truly is. And like, if you believe what you were saying, then like, and if you believe that in your heart, like your actions need to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And like, again, the only way to go about that is to one, I think be a witness of it. Um, and two, though, to share these things in a way that's not going around telling people that they're wrong, telling people that they're doing things wrong, and like, well, well that's not the proper way. Yeah, it's not to the do not that. the holier way. Or it's not, not the, the holier way. way. Oh, that's not good enough, or that it's even downright evil. But yeah, which is, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, guess what, kids. The Novus Ordo is a valid mass. It is a valid mass, and, and it, can reverent, it. it can be and done. It can be done. It can be done very reverently. I've seen it on many occasions. And just because I said that doesn't mean I don't like going to Latin mass. I do. Yeah, um, but honestly, let, you know what? Let's be completely honest. To all you rad trads out there, oof. if you really want to be a rad trad, you'll go to the Divine Liturgy. So, oh yes. wow, I see you, East, <laughs> East Coast guy. East, uh, not East Coast. Well, um, I said that on purpose. Though, was it called Eastern Rite? There it is, yes. Eastern Rite guy. With your incense. Yeah. Do they have Go to incense? that Byzantine liturgy. I've never been, actually. It's pretty, it's pretty 
pretty awesome. Have you, so you've been to the Byzantine? Yes? I've been to a couple Byzantine Divine Liturgies, and oh my goodness, you think Latin Mass is cool, and then you go to a Byzantine Divine Liturgy, and you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, they're both, think, they're both beautiful um, in their own right. <laughs> Joke. That's it's all beautiful because, and I think this is it, it's all from God. Exactly. The Mass is good surprisingly enough the mass is god's it's a mutual gift it's like the trinity hashtag theology of the body the, uh, the mass is where god gives himself entirely to us and we give himself and we give ourselves entirely to him yep and so and that's the only way to make it beautiful so yeah boom um it's a perpetual the gift becomes the gift is received and in the reception there is giving and so forth and so on and so yeah so have a heart kids Exactly, <laughs> and learn your learn your faith too. If you want landmass to come back, you just need to show people how to love God. <laughs> I think to close, ish, we're not really we're only thirty five minutes in. But anyway, so let's just do like our experiences with the TLM, yeah, the Latin Mass. Mine's very limited. Okay, I've we'll go first then. Yeah, I've only been to a handful, um, all here in Colorado. Now that I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and there's definitely like, actually, okay, you know what, the one thing that I've always like, in in the past few years, uh, especially like as I was coming more and more into my faith, you know, you, you hear about like, Jesus as the word of God and how Jesus is the word of God, Jesus is the word, Yeah. and like scripture is the word, and yeah. like, the first time that I felt it in my heart and like realized it in my heart, mm-hmm. in the mass, was at a Latin Mass. That Jesus is the Word of God? The first time I went to a Latin Mass. That was in Fort Collins, It made right? sense to me. Yeah, and I was up in Fort Collins. And John the 23rd. And John the 23rd. Yep. Because it's like, you know, I go to Mass, we hear the readings, we hear the Gospel, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we know it's Scripture, but like, the first time where I was like, mm-hmm. this is Jesus, like, Jesus is present. Yeah. I think I got that same feeling from that very Mass. Was in a Latin Mass. Yeah. Because there's like they incense the gospel Mm -hmm. beforehand and like you can just tell you're like there's something yeah this is different yeah no and it's something that i think like definitely amplifies that i think i guess knowledge um of like yeah and just oh man and it's important because like you know most of the time we're always like tuned off at the liturgy of the word Exactly. We're just like, oh, it's reading. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, it's the do- uh, uh, okay, cool. It's you better, hopefully the homily isn't too long. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but, yeah. I was just like stunned because I was like, this is Jesus present in the word. That's so cool. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. So that's like greatly changed how I uh, feel about the, 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 yeah, the liturgy of the word. But like, that was the first time where I was like, this is the liturgy of the word whoa like jesus is here present in this word like mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah um and i've been to a couple other latin masses not too many i really want to go back home the norbertine fathers in orange county uh-huh. um at their home parish or at the parish that they run in in the diocese of orange but also at their abbey which i think is closed right now they do latin high mass uh or solemn high mass um but i'm pretty sure pretty sure i'll have to like do some research but i know i i had heard that they 
use their own right of the mass because the the Norbertines, uh, yeah, like the Norbertines right? have a right of the mass yeah. that is uh, unique to their order, mm-hmm. which is older than the Tridentine right. So, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Damn. But that's my experience with it. Other than that, I don't know. I've met some some cool people that that go to Latin Mass. Yeah, very exactly. Often. I've no. also met some very, very conservative and kind of honestly uptight people who also go to Latin Mass. Yeah. Who just think that everything of the world is evil and. Yeah. But. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I think my my first Latin Mass was definitely not the common experience of Latin Mass. Um, so. It was summer 2016, and we were up in Estes Park doing Totus Tuus training, and one of the recently ordained priests here in Denver, um, Father Mason Fraley, I believe is his name, yeah. and uh, so yeah, recently ordained priest within the archdiocese, just diocesan priest, as far as I as far as I know, um, and so we're up in this like, you know, like a house that you rent, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a really large house, and we're just doing training there for Totus Tuus, and. Um, we do mass every day and then one of the days he's like yeah i can do mass and um i can do it in latin and we were all like "Ooh, cool and i had never been to a latin mass before and so you know usually you go to like our lady of mount carmel or like john the 23rd or whatever or like an actual proper church for mass for mass yeah. for novus ordo mass too for that matter you know like for a normal for a typical mass but um no we did it in the basement of this uh <laughs> of this like resort house or whatever <laughs> and it was just so i think it was cool because like you could you could still sense like the reverence in, in the right, I guess, even though, and the reverence of everyone around me and myself. Even though what where where we were wasn't like a super beautiful church, it was literally just. A basement. But yeah, because. Yeah, so I think that was it. So that was a very different experience. I feel because you know, I think a lot of people are afraid, and you shouldn't be afraid, of like, judgment from others at a at a at a traditionalist parish i guess you could say because ultimately your relationship with, is with you and god and if you feel drawn to go to latin mass then just do it um i think honestly people should go but um at least just for the experience or at least just to see it because um, i don't like using the term experience in today's day and age usually um but yeah so then after that i think i went to our lady of mount carmel a couple times and then like the one that the one we went with the, the one that we went to in uh, fort collins i think i got the same Honestly, I think I pretty much did get the same, like, experience of, like, wow, the Word is present, or Jesus is present in the Word. Yeah. But I didn't get that until at the end of Mass, because at the end of Mass, they read from the Gospel of Luke, I think it is, or is it John 1? I think it's no, John 1. John. John yeah, 1, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and I was like, holy crap, yeah, this is amazing. And the Word became flesh. And it was very moving, and it was just like, again, like, like you said, just made me realize, like, oh, this is, like, God is present here in the liturgy of the Word. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good in the Latin Mass, and there's a lot of good in wanting to do good. Yep. <laughs> so do good, kids. Exactly. Yeah. And read up on your faith. Yeah. Read the spiritual classics. You might think it's not boring, just from but the church fathers, not. but just throughout all the church. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff to be had. Don't think it's just for old people because it's what you're missing. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that, I think. 42 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. I know, right? 
So, Folio. Well, I think uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Indeed. Yeah, GCB, sponsor us, please. Uh, yeah, go ahead and share uh, share this with your friends. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Just kidding, we don't have a YouTube channel. But uh, we are on Instagram, at Nick and Rick Podcast. Yep. With, uh, I mean, you just put that in, you'll find it. Yeah. You can also email us, Podcast at gmail.com. Boom. Take your questions, comments, concerns, complaints. Really anything. No one's emailed us yet. So thesis. Yeah, if you want us to read your uh, master's thesis, we'll go over it for you. Um, <laughs> I don't have any. Ex- I don't have any experience with uh, thesis or master degrees, but uh, <laughs> maybe someday. Probably not. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all we got. So till next time. Till next time. Adios, Adios kids. kids.